Yo, we are live on Be People Podcast 77. 77 episodes. I feel like we'd probably be at 177 if we didn't have, you know, some parts of the year we do every week or some parts of the year we do every month. Uh, that's life. So anyway, episode 77. Uh, I'm your host, B-Boy Tech. And we, we got a special guest here today, Devin Kerr of Good Hurts. For those of you who don't know Good Hurts, he's going to tell you all about it. And uh, they got dope plugins. And if you're a beat maker and, and you about that unquantized and lo-fi life, um, I don't know why you don't know about Good Hurts if you don't. But we're going to know when this is all over. So welcome to the Beat People podcast, uh, number 77. Let's get into it. Yo, Devin, what's happening, man? Hey, man. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just go around. Uh, D Stills, good to see you, man. What up, man? How are you, my brother? Good, good. You you got that uh, special mood lighting over there, man. It, it kind of, you look like the, the backstage of a, um, a a radio show, but for oh. <laughs> and this this that um i am remodeling my studio so i don't want y'all to see my background lighting word yeah. <laughs> okay. and yeah. we got a uh, chill will in the uh comments and uh people joining so um actually this is a pretty cool uh episode and i was i'm actually been looking forward to this i know i was talking to Devin a while ago and i wanted to do an interview on him uh, either on the podcast or a written interview, and I'd send them the questions that things have been so crazy hectic, whether it's personal stuff or just in general, the world turning upside down in 2020 being a general jackass. <laughs> so, yeah, I just checked my email. I thought you sent me those like three weeks ago. I realized it's been like three months or something. Yeah, it's been a minute, but you yeah. know, like we haven't. Or I have certainly haven't had a chance to kind of circle circle back around, and so it's good to to finally kind of make this happen, man. Because I'm a fan of your your plugins, and uh, before we started the show, D still mentioned to you that he has been using your plugins for a while. He's a big fan, and I was looking for something that did something, and it was very specific because we always talk about some specific sound that we're trying to achieve all the time, and he was like, yo, you should get the Volf compressor. And it was Volf and Lossy, remember? Yeah, Lossy. Yeah. That's right, because what we were talking about, uh, I was like, yo, I upload beats, beat videos so much to, um, to Instagram that I honestly... Well, like, okay, I did this this joint called Synthbap, this tape, and uh, there was a dude that was so crazy about one of the beats on there on Instagram. And then when he heard it, now it sounds good on the tape, on the on the, the release, but when he heard it, he was like, that don't sound like it do on Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, well. Yeah, okay. you're getting that, that natural lossy. That's right. And, it, and it's mono, usually. That's yeah. That analog lossy. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, man, it's, it's like kind of dope. I think you guys do some really unique um, uh, plugins and stuff. So I don't know. First, tell us about Good Hertz and how, how Good Hertz came to be. Yeah, so it's a pretty small company still. It's like five, six people um, started by myself and Rob, Rob Stenson. Um, and we were, we were introduced by Jack Stratton, who's the, the band leader of this band, Wolfpack. And... I went to school with Jack at Michigan, and then Rob was 
childhood best friends with Jack. And so he, he kind of introduced us at the time I was like a full-time mastering engineer working in, in Michigan. And Rob was, uh, as working as a coder in tech and we okay. kind of just started collaborating on some first, some plugin stuff that I had been working on in college. And, um, yeah, we kind of both almost just quit our jobs basically to, to keep working together and, and, um, and making stuff. We started first with a, like an iPhone app mm -hmm. that later turned into one of our plugins and then, um, started working on plugins too. And Wolf compressor was one of the first ones that we did. Um, I think with like two others in, in version one. Oh, is this iPhone app still around? No. Um, okay. yeah, it was a headphone listening app. Um, okay. so that became this plugin we have called can opener, Okay. which awesome. is basically like makes, makes headphones sound more like speakers. Dope. So oh. it's great, great for like mixing on headphones mixing in like a small space, checking on headphones, but it started as this like hi-fi audiophile kind of listening thing. And, and, um, yeah, yeah. Then it kind of morphed into a studio thing. The Wolf compressor, like that kind of started because Jack just, uh, from Wolfpack just sent me a 303 and we had been he had showed, showed it to me in person. I had showed him some plugin stuff and he just like bought one on eBay mailed it to me <laughs> didn't, didn't say anything he didn't say like hey this is coming in the mail he's just like a random 303 showed up on my doorstep and i was like is this from you and he was like yeah, <laughs> What's you, up this? you make this a plugin and i was like i don't know <laughs> we'll we'll find out <laughs> um and so yeah that's that's kind of how it started um started with like three plugins just me and rob and um yeah it's kind of expanded from there we had more more employees more coders working on stuff with us um yeah just just trying to make cool new plugins that we love using that um our friends love using you know kind of especially being in la mm -hmm. so many of our friends you know make music ask us for different things like hey can you can you make a plugin that does this can you model this thing um and yeah yeah, so like we, you know, get ideas from that and then see what sounds cool to us, see what gear we can get our hands on and and check out to model. And that's just kind of how all the plugins have happened. Most of them have been like Yeah, like people saying, "Can you can you make this thing? This yeah. doesn't exist yet or it's something from the 80s that I can't get anymore or something like that." That's dope. I was I'm I'm glad you mentioned that about the 303 cuz I was going to ask you like how that all happened? Like, are you a 303 user and just love the thing so much? But it was basically, uh, uh, you got Wolf, is, is that his name? Yeah, right. his name's Jack, yeah. But but yeah. he's the band leader at, for oh. Wolfbeck. Um, oh. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's dope. But it's funny that he just bought it and sent it your way. Yeah. Yeah, it has a specific sound, though. It's like not like none of the other SPs sound like the 303. It's it's so specific. Like he was using it to run mixes through it and use the vinyl sim on those mixes. And wow. He was like he he sent me a bunch of stuff too and and he was like can you try to replicate this with any plugins you have? And you know, I was a full-time mix engineer so I I probably have like 400 compressor plugins. And I tried 
combinations of plugins, I tried everything to replicate that vinyl sim and nothing even came close to it. It's just totally its own, its own thing. Yeah. Why, what do you think makes the sound that way, though? I mean, not necessarily. I'm not really asking for you to really pick it apart, but I'm I'm wondering, like, you know, when you think vinyl sim, you think um, there may be some low bumps, there may be some uh, higher, maybe white noise, static stuff, and a couple pops. What do you think makes the vinyl sim on the 303 so special? I mean, the compressor is is insane. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah, like having so at, at this point I've I've like analyzed a bunch of compressors and that thing is it doesn't follow any of the rules of a normal <laughs> like at all. It's, I got I it's got one really that I think crazy. you should check out. Okay. It cool. comes close to Acme. Okay. The it's an analog compressor? Yeah, but there's a plug-in wow. of it too. And oh. the, and the goopiness of Wolf compressor. Yeah. That's the only way that I could describe it. Yeah. The goopiness of it. Yeah, the, the Acme kind of does some of the same things, and I've always been looking at buying a hardware version of that. Cool. Because I'm just like, oh man, if I can get the goopiness from that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's it's something. Okay, maybe. Okay, tell me if I'm wrong. The compressor, the valve compressor, is doing this weird thing where it's like, it's compressing, but it's also doing some sort of envelope shaping on like the high end or like. Yeah. It's weird. It's like it's like it's rolling off. Definitely has a big roll off. So, yeah, sorry, my bad. They're telling me to get closer to my mic. I'm using a different mic today, but it's yeah, it's doing some weird roll off on the top. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, it's very hard to find compressors that do that. Yeah, it's like huge roll off that makes stuff sound more lo-fi, but then also like the craziest attack. Mm -hmm. So like drums through it just sounds so snappy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's really and, good. And that's like the thing Jack was trying to get like that like Mad Lib or like Flying Lotus kind of like this people think it was or he thought it was side chaining. Everybody was like, oh, these are the drums side chaining the rest of the mix. Nah. But it's it's just the 303, you know, you push the drums harder into it, it lets the drums through, lets the attacks through, and it ducks everything else, and everything just pumps, you know, really nicely together. And yeah. so I mean that's that's like that's so crazy about it. Did you all hear that? Just yeah, you did. Okay, well hold that's, on. I want to. That's that goopiness right there. I want to show something, so I'm gonna share my screen because I think what well, you were just talking about the how Jack was uh, doing drums, and you all have a video on your site where you demonstrated the both compressor with drums, and I, I want to see if I can share that on my screen and actually hear it because sweet. That's been a problem. Let's see if I can get it done. Uh, one sec. That video made me buy Wolf compressor in five seconds. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> no doubt. That's like a version one of the plugin. Yeah, I remember. I rem I'm like, what is this? And I remember at the time, no one knew about it. None of like yeah. my, my producer friends. And I was like, I'm not going to tell them about this. I'm going to keep this to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Oh, I'm about to cop that T-shirt. I didn't even know that that was on the site. Whoa. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll send you one. That's great. Wolf Compressor Demo 001.
on. Yeah, that I bought that in five seconds from seeing the first, <laughs> the first thing. I, I was like, and, and Corey, you know me, I'm I'm playing breaks all day. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, I was like, somebody made a plugin for me, for little old me, <laughs> the vault for me. Like, There's Devin in the background, like, wait a wait a D still gets a yeah look. yeah he. I was like, for some reason there was like, yo, you got to make this plugin for D Steel's called Vault Vault Compressor. <laughs> And I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's I mean, that, that's a huge difference. I mean, when you hear it AB'd like that, um, you would honestly think not only is he doing side chaining, but you would think he has some other incredible, you know, chain <laughs> that he's running the thing through. Yeah, people always thought we put reverb on yeah. that on that yeah. video, but this is, it's nah, just, it brings release. up. Yeah, it's that release. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's wild, man. Very, very cool. Speaking of reverb, thank you for adding a reverb to Lossy. Oh, sweet. Cool. That, that cool. made that took it to like outer space for me. Yeah, we always like when we use it, we always were like putting reverbs in front of it. Mm-hmm. So it really gives it something to chew on, kind of. And like you get all these weird digital garbly things. So we were like, yeah, we should we should just add this. So Let's actually talk about Losi then. Lossy. I always call Losi, but <laughs> partially because I'm a little stupid about that. So listen, uh Lossy, what was the, the idea behind Lossy? I mean, obviously <laughs> it, it seems pretty self-explanatory, but talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. So that was um I was talking to my friend Tyler Duncan, who's a producer based in Michigan, um, great engineer, and he was working on this album. And there was this like over the top drum fill in it, like kind of like an 80s, almost like a Phil Collins, like Tom's stuff. Mm-hmm. And he wanted it to be this like break where it sounded like a bad MP3, like something you ripped off Kazaa, Napster, <laughs> you know, like 2001, mm-hmm. bad, bad, like Skype audio stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like, can you, can you can you do that? Can you think of anything that can do that? And and I thought like, oh, he means like a, a bit crusher or something like that. Like, <laughs> a you know, like a, a, another lo-fi plugin. And he was like, no, I want this like MP3 kind of nasty garbly thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was like, no, I can't think of any any plugins that do that. Why don't you just bounce it to SoundCloud and like bring it back? <laughs> bring it back. <laughs> So that's, that's what he ended up doing. I think something like that. Um, but then we started working on this and, and trying to like take that idea, but make it so that, you know, it's not like an MP3 compressor is in lossy. It's kind of like taking some of the same concepts, but just allowing you to push it so much further than that. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can, if you push the amount all the way up, it's like, it, it basically becomes like one grain one digital mm-hmm. grain and it gets you know super garbly almost like kind of water dripping type thing oh. um 
yeah so that's that's kind of where the idea came from and um when we first released it it was pretty early on and i think most people were like why would you want this it's like, it like you know at the time i think we're you know, we trying to avoid that it's like oh we need higher mp3 quality like you know turn on the high quality setting in spotify That's or right. like you know you don't want youtube 480 or something you want but now like the longer it's been out i think the the more people are like oh that's a cool sound that's that's like the sound of 2005 or something you know boom so we had a conversation like that on here right like yeah and it was partially talking about lofty because i was saying like yo think, think about this we and I, and I talked about my uncle too because my uncle does music <clears throat> he's always attempting to give me some the more not so cool very old equipment but <laughs> so but at any rate i remember he had some stuff and there was like vinyl noise on it and he was he's, he's a jazz trumpeteer from the 60s and 70s you know what i mean and so he's yeah. like we worked so hard to get past this yeah. <laughs> why in the world would we want that and who wants to add that and i was kind of sitting there like well yo unc i i do I'll add that to my stuff and this is subtly or heavy and all that. But we would talk about it on the show. Like, think about how we grew up with vinyl and that kind of stuff and or cassettes and or video games. And then that kind of becomes a thing of like, that's a there's a sound there that was yeah. a part of the soundtrack of our lives. Right. So there's going to be people that are born in 2000, grew up in, you know, you know what I mean? Like in 2005, things sound a certain way. Because how MP3s were and the compression of things like the advent of SoundCloud and whatever else there was that started coming around. And we were starting to talk like, well, at some point, people are going to want that because that's the thing of that moment, that that age, that day. Yeah. So it becomes nostalgic for that time. Yeah, Lossie was almost like too early for that yeah. reason. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the sound of our lives now. It's like bad Zoom calls, like, <laughs> time and stuff like you know. That's all like lossy compression. Might not all be MP3, but it's kind of yeah. like the same concept. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I think there's like a Brian Eno quote that's like, as soon as you can eliminate a distortion from audio, then people want it back like yeah. you you'd sought after you know like we i want like tubes and tape hiss and stuff like that yeah. it's like as soon as you can eliminate that distortion you you want it again yeah yeah because you start to realize too at the uh you know that's the technology of the day and then like for instance uh what ken is saying here he's saying we had a similar conversation with dave rossum when he was on the show about the sp 1200 and mm -hmm. i remember somebody in a beta test group that i'm in said Yo, we worked so hard to remove the artifacts of the SP-1200 when we were mixing and mastering hip-hop in the 90s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And, and so, but yeah, it kind of becomes the fabric of that soundscape at that point. Yeah. Yeah, when I, was, when I was modeling the 303, it has, it's like digital on the inside, right? And it has like the worst converters in it. Like these pretty nasty... Uh, like A to D, D A converters, and so I was like, I think we need to model these to get the sound yeah. of it. So, so that's the like, there's like a crunch knob 
in in Wolf Compressor, and that's that. Like you can you can exaggerate that as much as you want. That's the first time I've ever heard somebody say like, "Yo, we tried to model the shittiest converters." <laughs> it was hard too. It was like, you know, yeah. I was. Yeah. That's classic, though. I think I, probably like 20% of the CPU usage of Wolf Compressor is modeling the, the shitty converters. Yo, that's great. That is, I love that. I love yeah. that so much. Oh, man. man. I love that. Yeah, so, all right, Devin. So um, you, you kind of told us how it kind of came about. And uh, do, what was it like to start to see that, you know, because obviously I think your plugins are popular and you keep doing them. So there's got to be some success there, obviously. What was it like to kind of see these things that you all were doing kind of unconventionally start to take flight? Yeah, it was it was really interesting because I would say for like the first three years, you know, we'd meet people at NAM or some something and, and we'd be like, oh, yeah, we work for for Good Hertz. We make plugins. And they're like, yeah, I don't know who you are. But then <laughs> like. I think it kind of flipped to like, you know, maybe two years later or like four or five years in that most of the people, you know, did know Good Hertz and, and had heard of, you know, one or two of the plugins. Um, so that was, that was super cool. And it's, it's super cool to like see our friends use the stuff and, you know, like one of my friends favorite reverbs is Megaverb. Oh, he uses it, uses it on everything and like, you know, uses it in on things I would not have thought to use it on. And, and that's always really cool. You know, you like when you make the plugin, you have an idea of what people might do with it. But then people do, you know, something else, something else. And it's yeah. yeah, like lossy. You know, I never expected people would use it on drums, but but a lot of people do. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys also I remember uh, doing a job a couple years ago where I had to batch edit a bunch of stuff yeah. uh, for a company that I was doing sound design for. And I remember going to the dither section of a software that I was using. And I was like, wait, that's a good Hertz dither? Yeah. I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah, we do some like kind of, we're trying to kind of bring that back and, and do, um, you know, maybe our own batch processor at some point. Um, but But yeah, we do some like, you know, I think people think of us sometimes as a lo-fi company, mm -hmm. which we are that for sure. But then, you know, I'm a mastering engineer um, in my spare time. So we also make some like, you know, tone control is like probably the cleanest. Oh, yeah. That thing is fun. Most transparent EQ you could ever get. Um, so we make we do make some stuff like that. Like we make a sample rate converter that's mm -hmm. like best, best of the best. You know, it can totally hang with with isotope stuff. Um same with the dither, I think is is better than Isotope's dither. Um, yeah, so we, we kind of make some you know stuff that that kind of straddles both both worlds. Yeah, I'm a myriad I'm a myriad user, so I'm I'm on that you know yeah all the time, and I saw it and I was like, oh, this is why it sounds better. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. That's great. Cool. You know, it's interesting though is that whole juxtaposition though, like. Um, I kind of feel like in order to model things as well as you have been able to model things that you would have to, you know, have the level of understanding of sound and, and frequency that a mastering engineer would have to have. You know what I mean? I feel like there's some expertise that's almost expected on that side of the spectrum in order for you to hone in 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So righteously, um, like what you've done with with the with the plugins that you all model. So I don't know if I'm surprised to hear that you do master and then there's that kind of knowledge of of that area like that. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like you you have to have good speakers to be able to hear. You know, you're listening for these small distortions, mm -hmm. small EQ stuff. So like, yeah, you kind of need a, a serious setup to hear it. It's funny, like at any time I go to visit another audio company, I'm always surprised they like they'll have some like bookshelf speakers in a corner somewhere. It's like, how how are you like making audio stuff here <laughs> if you don't have you know the tools to listen to it? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, we yeah, we try to do that stuff. a lot. Is like you know we all kind of have some some decent setup at least, even if it's in a bedroom, and like yeah really really listen to all the stuff and and yeah, yeah like you said, you're listening to these nuances and and small things and then it's like they're all stacked up on top of each other yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly great product at the end of it yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I want to bring to ken uh by proxy and by way of the comments said please please do a batch processor when you were talking about uh you know dither and all that stuff um cool. the myriad and all that yeah, I'm not I'm not allowed to talk about it too much, but if if anybody's interested, you can sign yes. up for our beta beta yes. list and yeah. So I have I have one thing that I want I need to address because I won't be able to sleep tonight. So I'm address it. <laughs> Why is there no sidechain input on low high? Good question. Yeah. Do you you want one? Yeah. Because <laughs> think about this, right? So we have Wolf compressor that has a, a certain vibe, right? Yeah. But low high also has that limiter. Yeah. And the sidechain could act as an envelope follower for the filter. Yep. And for the limiter. Yep. Yeah, you're that, right. That would actually take that plugin to a whole nother level of goopy compression. Right. It's crazy. And I'm always like, man, I want to sidechain this. And I always end up doing it by putting Wolf compressor after it. Right. Not really doing any compression, but just kind of just messing with the with the with the volume settings. But yeah, yeah the, dude. the limiter in low high kind of turned into Faraday limiter. That's kind of like the same mm, DNA. Gotcha. gotcha. Faraday limiter does have a sidechain. Um, that, that it does, yeah. But that would be easy to add though. Would yeah. you would you want it? Um, you want it to be able to like modulate the filter also, or just sidechain on the limiter? Okay. See, now you're getting into territories of stuff that's like you can put you can put a sidechain, or you could put some sort of envelope follower. Right. That just makes the you know you could put a a drum loop before it, and then all of a sudden the filter is filtering at the shapes of the drum loop. Yeah, which would be and, sweet. And add a attack and release, you know, kind of like control. Mm -hmm. and that's like a version two i don't know yeah maybe saying. maybe we could do like low high mod is that or like low high envelope follower yeah another thing i would i won't be able to sleep tomorrow not tonight i'll be able to sleep but, <laughs> you gonna have delayed insomnia <laughs> yo yo two things okay two things y'all need a, a a crazy ass delay yeah People ask us for a delay. That's like our most requested plugin. And right. we were we were gonna make one and then Valhalla, do you know Valhalla DSP? Yeah, yeah. They they made that tape delay, which I think is an awesome plugin. And it so is. when I saw that, I was almost like, I don't know if we need to make a delay, at least not not right now, because 
because theirs yeah, is great. Yeah, but their their delay is safe. It is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's cool. It has some great analog stuff. It's got tape. It's got bucket brigade. But it don't got them shitty converters. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> See that, that that's, that's our of, bread and butter. Right. <laughs> that that reminds me of like when I. Saint Joe and I always talk about when we started doing reviews and all this kind of stuff. There was very few of like the black guy hip hop voice and music tech reviews in that section yeah. of the world. And you know, there's been times when I've gone back and forth, like, oh well, other people have spoke on that piece already. But the the key is always for us is that they don't give your perspective though. And there's a whole community, a whole audience that, you know, watch our reads our blogs and watches our podcast that come for that perspective. Right. And I kind of feel like it's the same. Uh, Valhalla can make 10 more delays if they want, <laughs> but they're not going to come with the good hurts vibes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a great point. Also, I mean, I'm just I'm on a roll because I not, every time I say something, my brain keeps spinning. Man, y'all gotta come up with some container, man. Container. Okay, check this out. So, like, let's say I want, I want one preset that's like, Volf. Oh yeah. Low, fi, low, low, high, and then lossy, and then I put them mm. in one holder, and then I yeah. can be able to switch them around inside there, and then in that thing it's like a little mod matrix that i could you know or yeah that would be because then you could just make low high mod you exactly know? there's like you a free just... flowing lfo that i could just move this and assign it to this and that yeah and that, and that so sometimes i'll be i'll be sitting here in the studio making music and mixing and i'll be dreaming i'm like if only they were <laughs> yeah. able to read my mind yeah you know this, but, this, um, po this podcast is recorded right yeah Okay, I'm gonna come come back and we'll make we'll make all these ideas. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this is an R and D conversation. Yeah, we're oh, paying no, you for no, this. No, no, I'm sorry, but Cor but you know, Corey knows that I'm because I'm a oh, he's he's idea man. It's, it's, yeah, so I'm a moving like that. I'm a pro I'm a producer and an engineer and drummer. You know, a musician like regular stuff. But my brain is in modulation all the time. I'm on my mm -hmm. modular. I'm on different things. So I'm always thinking of like. Man, I want my plugins to be this way. Yeah, the, the way that my hardware is. Yeah, I mean, so so many effects are just like something simple plus modulation. Like yes. chorus is just delay plus modulation. Yeah, wah or like auto wah is just a filter plus modulation. So that like you know takes it into a totally different zone. It it, yeah. it doesn't even sound like the same thing. Like chorus, you know, doesn't sound anything like delay. It's its own effect. So yeah, I mean, I think adding adding modulation or making it doing like container thing where everything could be modulated would be sweet. Look, all you got all you got to do is make it and just hide my name in the presets. That's all you got to do. Hide name in the presets. Just hide my name in there, like your D Steel set to do this one. That's the name of the preset, and it's yeah. just a crazy ass tremolo. <laughs> yeah, you might have to make a few presets for the thing to, <laughs> you know. But yeah, know. it's dope. That reminds me of uh, Slate. What is it? Slate. Oh, uh, the mix rack. Yeah, yeah. The rack. Yeah, that's that's dope. I love that thing. Yeah, that's like the same idea. I would want to. I don't like how, because Slate used to have those plugins, and you could use them outside of the mix rack. Yeah, now you have to only. Have now you have to. But I think if we did it, I'd want to make it so like you know you can use the plugin separate, or you can put them in the rack. Yeah. Yeah. 
dope. I, I like I like the virtual mix rack. It's cool, but mm-hmm. I feel like in order to use that, I gotta wear like you know a t shirt that says like Gibson on it and like work front of house. Yeah, at a at a venue, <laughs> like you know, like it, it just doesn't really inspire me to like make creative, super weird decisions. Yeah. It's, anyway, that's just me. Sorry. No, you know, I wanted to uh, ask you too. Um, so, when you model things, do you tend to still use the devices that you modeled, or after that, it just that those things tend to collect dust in the closet after that? Yeah, <laughs> have the plug in. Yeah, the second one. Like even <laughs> the people we borrow, a lot of times, like it's it's borrowed from a friend or something who's like, "Hey, man, you gotta model this thing," um, or like, "I have this great tape machine." like the the tape models in wow control there's like three different tape models um those are all three different machines borrowed from our friend theo katzman um who is also in wolfpack and a great solo artist and i don't think i think after we made those i don't think he used the tape machine again because it just you know it it captures it pretty well um Mm -hmm. and it's just so hard to you know some of those things they're they're hard to set up you know you tape especially is like you need to you need to calibrate it correctly you need to bias it you need to you know make sure your tape is clean you got to do tape splicing um which i mean sometimes is really cool to have those limitations and and stuff but um you know it's great to have it as a plug-in too yeah i don't got that type of time man i ain't trying to be yeah. you know catch me with a, a blade cutting tape and not not nah, yeah. yeah yeah it's hard AAX me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the same with with the 303. Like, um, you know, that's, it's kind of hard to, you know, if you're running mixes through it or something, you can only use one. um, And they, you know, they're, they break and stuff. I think we had like three of them, you know, just so I could check the characteristics on each of them. Mm. I think by the end of it, one of them broke completely, wouldn't even turn on. And then the second one, like one of the channels stopped working. So, I mean, with, with a plugin, that's not going to happen, of yeah. course. Here's the interesting thing, too. Um, how long have you guys been around? Is it five, six years? Six years? Yeah. Ago? Yeah. Like 2014 is kind of the official. It's still a relatively young company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still a, a pretty small company. You guys got 14 plugins on your site. That's a, that's a good catalog of, of stuff. Yeah. Uh, like what do you think there's a gap anywhere in there and and without spoiling any future products that you have coming up like where do you think the the gaps may be or even you know things that you find interesting that you like huh, i wouldn't mind tackling that thing yeah yeah i think there's a ton of gaps like <laughs> we have you know we have our own internal list and and i think there's we're up to like 57 internal wow. plugins um and so <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. And, you know, some of them like just they started as a cool idea and then died. Um, but some of them are, you know, I think are really cool and should be out there. Um, yeah, what's one of them I, I can talk about? We're doing one is pretty close right now. Um, that is kind of uh, does some tube and tape stuff mm-hmm. in a really simple, like the front page of it is like, it's like, I want to say it's three controls. Hmm. So it's kind of like you could put it on every track. Um, Sold. 
<laughs> and it sounds it sounds really cool. There's there's some stuff in it that I had wanted to do with like um, like tape biasing, where um, you you can if you bias the tape you can get a completely different sound. Um, wow. And like it's the only way I've ever gotten like it does some crazy things to kick drums. Like yeah, I I can get like the Questlove Voodoo kick drum perfectly oh. from, it, which Stop. is like I've never. <laughs> I've never been able to get that before. I don't know what what they did on that record to to get that. Wow, yeah, yeah, that was some incredible. Like almost everything on there is stellar. So yeah. you said the Questlove Voodoo kick drum. I knew exactly yeah. what you were talking about. Yeah, wow. yeah, something about that kick drum. Like it it saturates a little, or kind of something is distorting a little. And so yeah, it does that. And um, yeah, Rob, my co-founder, has been doing a bunch of stuff with it too. Where like he's gotten really into dub music recently, and mm-hmm. um, doing a bunch of stuff where like he makes a feedback loop in Ableton with it, mm-hmm. and he can do all these like King Tubby style yeah. effects things, wow. pitching stuff down with some of our plugins, like using Wow Control. Um, so we've been talking about like can we put that just in a plugin that's kind of like these crazy delay effects where there's something in it that's making it like, you know, get more degraded over time or yeah, that's really dope. Yo, yeah. Devin, I'd buy two seats for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Just to give to your friend. Yeah. I'm just like, you know what? Let me just buy two seats. In this. Just in case. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, this, this just sounds kind of good. Thanks man. Oh, that's yeah. great. Asking to the, do, do you have a spring reverb, a spring verb? Um, yeah, that's been something we've been working on a little too. Um, cause I love springs. That's mm-hmm. like an underserved, like people always think of springs as like, oh, that's the cheapest one. Like nah. in a studio, it's like, oh, here's our EMT plate. Here's our Bricosti. Here's our really fancy EMT 250, like, or the lexicon or something. But I love springs like they're you know they're cheap it's like i had a spring when i was mixing um you know and you need springs and guitar amps all sound totally different and cool mm-hmm. yeah so i would i would love to do a spring and like make it you know have like six different springs in it or something dude spring reverb with the Wolf compressor after it yeah just making it with the wow all the way up yeah that's sweet man oh man yeah yeah doing doing reverb and then wolf compressor is such a cool sound like that that's like i remember that was like the first time i heard something like the justice sound from that that album i think is like 2004 Mm -hmm. guitar sounds like that's just reverb and then compression after it Y'all, y'all might need to do a more noise version of Vulf too. Wow, that's so, great to hear because because people complain about that noise. Really? Yeah. Man. But that's part of the magic, though. That that's why like everybody's like, why don't you just make it default to no noise? Like, and then you can turn it on if you want to. But the problem is that's part. That's such a big part of the sound. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. everybody that's listening, do me a favor. Go put that Wolf compressor on something, right? And then put a bit crusher after Wolf compressor, 
with the wow and watch the noise do some crazy cool stuff modulation on mm. your joint and then thank me later when you when you make a dope ass sound with that i'm gonna thank you this afternoon yeah. <laughs> that's all i'm saying because that noise could do it could shape your what it does it fills in the gaps of a lot like you have drums going through it and that noise is acting like extra material for your cymbals for all that sort of stuff yeah. and it's it's adding a bunch of vibe <laughs> no doubt no doubt it like it draws a bunch of attention to the pumping which is mm -hmm. cool because you could you hear the noise pump when the drums hit yep yeah, that's oh, cool. man, that's so dope. Yeah, that's what's up. I know that I lost sleep using Volt Compressor for a few nights, uh, and I was modeling some drums that I was, you know, working on some sound design. Um, and I made this chain, and the, after a while, the chain didn't matter so much as Volt Compressor did. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just because it's it's a playground. Of, of things. You know, something else that I think is unique, not only you all got good attention to detail when it comes to the sound of the plugin, but I really like the UI design too. Though. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's some people don't like it, you know, cause a lot of the other plugin companies are, you know, just knobs and pictures <laughs> of hardware. Um, and that's all Rob, um, the co-founder. He's like, he doesn't come from a plug-in background or like a mixing background. So his approach to it was just totally, totally different. Like we're not going to do any knobs anywhere. So just, you know, <laughs> you can move things with a mouse yeah. and, you know, it doesn't need to be a picture. doesn't need to have screw heads or any of that stuff or spinning tape. <laughs> right. Right. So like, you know, what that, what that makes me think of too is it's like, it's like a, a repeating of the time, right? Like, um, when analog synthesizers came out, the only thing they could think to do with them is try to make acoustic instruments <laughs> with analog synthesizers. Right. And then when digital synthesizers came out, they only tried to sound like analog synthesizers. <laughs> you know what I mean? And as time went on, people started saying like, oh, well, this analog synthesizer has stuff that it can do that is unique to it itself yeah. the same so i feel like this is kind of one of those things when people started creating and modeling modeling uh gear and making all plugins and different stuff and dolls and stuff as this thing has progressed over the last couple decades it's kind of like yo we want to make our physical environment in the virtual environment and it don't necessarily need to be that like it's i think if you step away from that it can be something unique and a part of the experience. And I think that's what your guys' uh, UI is kind of providing, just letting it be what it is and, and kind of build on something new. Yeah, yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, it's it's kind of like digital yeah. native. Like it's, yeah. it's meant to be on a computer screen and um, yeah, it, it doesn't like bog down your computer trying to make it look fancy or something. Yeah. Man, yeah. Speaking, speaking of bogging down computers, uh, you guys ever think about getting into hardware? Uh, yeah, it's been talked about. Yeah, like a pedal or something that's like your algorithms in that joint. You know, like that'll be. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool, especially like because, you know, if you use if you use the plugins making the record or something, and mm -hmm. then you go tour, 
like one of my friends is like he uses trem control on on all of his guitars and so he had to try to find a tremolo pedal that would sound like that and so so yeah like <clears throat> i think that'd be sweet yeah because I, I find myself like whenever i'm playing bass or whenever i'm tracking drums i'm like man i wish i could run this stuff through Volf going into the computer so yeah. i can get my sounds that way going in so i don't have to really put it on every channel yeah uh, and then but, it affects the way you play too so mm -hmm. like if you could hear it monitoring it you know that's that's a big part of it too yeah oh another thing for those that are in the chat if you use megaverb mess with that duck and gate feature because it will change your life and put it on dirty the dirty lo-fi reverb version of it that's the best sorry i just had i just had to tell them because no that's dope you know what this people don't know man people don't know this show is going like this particular episode is just going to be like a good hurts reference <laughs> yeah like, this is great i'm gonna reference this like dude i'm a good hurts manual hey anybody <laughs> needs some no stuff just hit me i'll do a tutorial i'll you know yeah the gate that's like advanced megaverb that's on the second page bro <laughs> i love it i love it yeah that that stuff is complicated so we were like yeah we got to put this on the in the advanced section and just put it in the presets look devin I, I put my plugins to the ver to the default where you open up advanced automatically. Yeah, cool. Because that's, I don't because when I open them, I'm already in the mind state of like I'm gonna get creative. Cool. So I don't open up that simple view. Like, yeah. hey guys, <laughs> you go to whole full screen. Hey guys, everybody in the chat, <laughs> click that check mark or the three dots. I forgot which one it is right now, but open that join up. First of all, put the window size as big as you can. Put it to 200. That's right. Put it to 200. Take up the whole screen. Look, I'm saying this because I'm passionate about these plugins. They've changed my sound. The reason that I sound the way that I sound, because the reason I could feed my family and provide and do all this music stuff, because Good Hurts did some really cool stuff that I didn't tell a lot of people about until mm -hmm. other people started finding out about it. And I had no choice to tell them, like, yeah, I use that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so, so much, man. So, yeah. Good Hurts is... Uh, one of those kinds of things, certainly I know. So it's one of those kinds of uh, companies that makes plugins that you'd be like, yo, that's my secret sauce. Yeah, I don't want nobody to know about that. <laughs> Look, that was the first time that I was secretive about a plugin. <laughs> that's right. So look, listen, Devin, you you all did it to yourselves. So if, if you find that like, hey, like in the first few years, not enough people know about us because it's, the ones it's that my fault. were it's like, my fault. Don't talk about it. It's like fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, we don't do like any advertising either. So it's just like kind of under the radar. <laughs> right. Right. No doubt. That's kind of cool. So somebody said, uh, now everybody knows. Here's the other thing, though. I got to tell you from a perspective of being uh, D Still's friend, D Still uses a lot of dope stuff. Some stuff we all know about, some stuff not many of us know about. And I'm sure there's some secret stuff anyway. Oh yeah. Um, uh, he's just a dope ass guy. <laughs> I'm all right. I, I clap on uh. On and whether y'all know it or not, he's one of the <laughs> uh, uh, forefront sound designers in the world. You almost cannot buy 
uh, a, a piece of gear that has some sort of sounds designed in it that him and MSX are not a part of somehow. Uh, when my, when I got my fourth, I was stuck on like two kits and I'm a sound designer myself. I was stuck on two kits and I knew what it was because it obviously it had the MSX name on it. I hit D still up like, bro, this is ridiculous. It literally, I was stuck for six months. <laughs> no, and no. it probably has Wolf compressor all over it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, cause it, cause, bro, the only way I could describe Volf compressor, it's like, it's like a booty on a compressor. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like, you ever seen that meme of the dude that's looking back while he's walking with his girl, and then he looks back to look at something else, like this other girl walking by. That's Volf. Yeah. Just like, what is that? Like that, <laughs> that, bro, that's what Volf did to me. Wow. Yeah. yeah it, it just totally. Totally, bro. I put I put Volf on my uh, electron analog rhythm, mm -hmm. fam. Yep, changes the drum machine. Right. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's great to hear about the the advanced thing, though, because Rob and I always fight about how many controls a plugin should have, and like, should it be three knobs and simple? Because you know, there's there's if you're not an advanced user, then then once you get to like 10 plus knobs, stuff gets pretty complicated. Mm -hmm. So we're always trying to, you know, make it so that people who are just starting out can use them, but yeah. then also pros can use them too. But it's, it's really hard. That's a, a dope way to approach it though. And, and um, to kind of say, this is the core of what people are gonna mess with. But those that wanna dig in, <laughs> you know what I mean? They yeah. can get this thing expanded, and there's all of the the other stuff that they can really dig into. Um, and you know, I think that also is a way that uh, your plugins probably grow with people. You know what yeah. I mean? As people get to know the plugin, and they they eventually want to go a little further, and may look up a year down the line and be like, "Oh crap, I didn't know, or I forgot that this could do that." Yeah, it's a, it's a, a dope way to approach it. Cool, awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I remember when I first got a Volf version one, I was definitely like a one pager dude, like the first, like, yeah, but just because I was, I just wanted to hit that compressed, you know, slider all the way up and just be like, how much can I abuse this drum sound that I'm using <laughs> this on right now? Yeah. And then, and then it, it, it got to a point where I was like working on records that were a little bit more conservative, where I still wanted to use Volf compressor as my main compressor, but I didn't want the wow, didn't want the noise. I just wanted all the vibe. Yep. So that's when I hit that, you know, three dots and it opened up the world for me. And I'm like, oh, I could change it. I could change the cassette, you know, lo-fi. I could change all this stuff. And it kind of gave me diversity when it came to the different tones that I can do. And that's a, a lot for... Um, a lot of your plugins, like the Tremolo plugin is nuts. I even use that as a vibe source where I turn the Tremolo off and just use the tube. Yeah, you're going to like our next plugin then. Oh, dude. Because <laughs> so, so. we're, we're in the same boat. Because like I would, like on a master, you know, you, you don't want to use Tremolo on a master. But I wanted that tube. And so, um, I yeah. get it. I get it. See, man, we long lost cousins, man. That's it. That's what it is. We long lost cousins. You just from the light side of the, you know, family. I get <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I get it. I... 
So, yo, before we go on, I want to take a second to do a small little announcement, just something cool that, uh, so pardon me here one second. It's almost like a little commercial break while I talk about this right quick. Uh, conversation is great, but here's something yeah. <clears throat> that um, me and my sis Travarsi is about to embark on the new show uh, for, the, for those, like ever since we've been kind of sheltering in place, Travarsi and I have uh, been doing a, a sometimes weekly, sometimes two, every two weeks, sometimes um, monthly uh, thing with Perfect Circuit. And so it was Perfect Circuit chat. And uh, before that, we were talking about doing something similar. And so now we're going to actually launch this coming up on next Thursday, where we'll be doing a regular show called Gear Dive Jam. So if you think of it, <clears throat> the ultimate concept is kind of like if, if for any of those who might be embarrassed to say you might watch the Food Channel, you know that dude Guy Fieri or whatever it is? It's like... Uh, what what's his oh, dinners drivers and dives yeah you know how he he kind of goes to all these different restaurants mm -hmm. and the, the cook shows them how they cook the stuff and then you know they prepare it and they talk about it wax poetic about it then they eat it and they talk about how great it is this is a similar concept but for gear and music tech Dope. gear dive jam Right. So when we come off of where we could start traveling and, and <laughs> the social distancing is a big deal, we'll be more on locations and stuff like that. Uh, but what we'll be doing is, is kind of just live streams similar to this, but within that concept. So we'll pick a gear, pick a piece of gear. In this case, the first episode is going to be Electron Digitone, and we'll have some experts there that can kind of uh, give us the dive tips and tricks. And then we'll jam either she'll jam or I'll jam or the expert will jam. And so the first episode of Gear Dive Jam is coming up on uh, Thursday, September 24th at 6 p.m. Pacific. It's going to be featuring the Electron Digitone and we're going to have guests, Voltage Controller and Rhythm Droid. Uh, obviously, everybody knows Voltage Controller. If you follow him on Instagram, he he's prolific with with his Octatrack and his, mm -hmm. digital, his, his, his Digitag. Uh, and Rhythm Droid, uh, uh, incidentally also named Devin, um, he used to work for Electron. And so we're just going to chop it up about the Digitone, get some tips and tricks. At D-Still, this is similar to what we also did on that Perfect Circuit episode where we talked about the Force. Oh, we, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? All That's four dope. of us were there, and we had our Force, and we all played a little micro set with the Force, and then we gave tips and tricks and kind of talked about it. That was a really popular episode. So this is... Uh, all of that encapsulated is Gear Dive Jam. So we hope uh, you guys will come through and rock with us um, on on Thursday, this coming Thursday, 6 p.m. It'll be on so, the channel, and there's going to be a Gear Dive Jam channel. So on that show, we'll be asking people to subscribe so we can, you know, boost that up. And dope. that concludes my commercial. <laughs> dope, I'll be there. Dope, Great. dope. So, yeah, um, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation, man. I mean, I think it's, it's pretty dope what you guys do. Like, there's a lot of DSP people out there. Maybe there's not a, a ton, but I mean, the more we do this kind of stuff, we meet a lot of people that do DSP. And I feel like there's 
sort of like what I was saying before, this sort of uh, angle where people want to produce things that have been done and no one goes the less travel road of doing something that kind of hasn't been done, <laughs> you know, or at least yeah. kind of takes an angle because uh, like, for instance, with the S2400, uh, I don't know, Devin, if you know about the S2400, it's by mm-hmm. Isla Instruments, it's the SP1200 sort of reincarnate almost uh, uh, cool. uh reimagined hardware and it has so much vibe and it started out uh being based on the s12 sp1200 and now i feel like it's its own thing just reminiscent of it and what you don't hear nowadays like i'm sitting here with the force and i got a, a rack full of drum machines and samplers and stuff and so the mpcx i love it the force i love it but what i had to realize is that they sound clean and pristine and they have punch and that's all beautiful. But when I got my MPC 2000 again, you know, a, a couple months ago, I was like, oh, <laughs> my 2000 Excel, like it has a whole different vibe that I didn't realize when I got it back in 2002, back in the day. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of dope that you all kind of straddle that, that, that line of like, yo, we're gonna do something that's familiar, but we're gonna take it in a different direction. Um, so keep up the good stuff. And actually, let's just talk about that for a second. Is that kind of part of what what you all are trying to approach or trying to focus yeah. on developing yeah. things? Yeah, oh, definitely. For some reason, I don't know why, but like I've just never been into just carbon copy of things. I think it's just not like it's not fun or that exciting. It's like if you really want an 1176, just go get the hardware. Mm-hmm. I don't want to copy it or, you know, get get another plugin that copies it. Like I want to make things that are kind of you know new, have a, have something different or inspiring, mm-hmm. and like we obviously we get inspired a ton by past gear, old analog gear, um, yeah. but we usually try to put our own spin on it or do something new with it. Like I remember when we were making the Wolf compressor, I was almost done with it, and I hadn't done like the release modeling yet mm-hmm. of the compressor. And I sent some of it to Jack and I was like, Hey, what do you, what do you want us to do on the release? Do you want us to get it, nail it perfectly? Or do you want it like it is now? Um, Cause the way it was, was crazy. It had this like even more aggressive compressor basically than a 303. And yeah. it sounded super cool. It had yeah. this like, almost like a vacuum sucking oh, sound. Oh. Like it's really cool. <laughs> That's dope. And so, and, and he was like, well, I don't know, which, you know, should we, should we model it perfectly or keep it with this crazy thing? And we, we did a bunch of tests, a beat them and we were like, man, this new one is cooler. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is more interesting than, than, than the other one is like kind of a, a more gradual release. Um, so we, we went with this one um, and they're both, they're both cool, but this is like, um, you know, more unique sound. I think that's dope. I think that's the kind of stuff I like that you guys are willing to take chances. Yeah. And and I think it's it's doing something dope whereas it feels like Good Hertz has carved out a space. You know what I mean? Uh I was talking to some marketing and branding folks <laughs> that that's what they do for a living because I'm always interested in how everybody does everything and they were saying uh about a concept of like blue ocean and like how you need to separate yourself as a brand um 
we get still appealing to your audience. And I think whether consciously or unconsciously, you all have done that. Cool. So yeah, that's great. That. I mean, I get like, it's interesting seeing like the business side of it. I get why people, you know, take a picture of an 1176 and sell yeah, it yeah, that sure. way. Like, there's a built-in audience of people yeah. who, who used those. But I mean, there's also people who never used them and, you know, they never used an 1176 or an API or, you know, this kind of expensive studio gear. And so, um, yeah, we, we kind of want to hit that audience, too. <laughs> we got to start using things like vintage Ableton sound. Or yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. You throw those words around again. Yeah. Uh, like, that, you know, like we forget rent and food this month. <laughs> like in, in 30 years, in 30 years, we're going to be doing like vintage, like FL Studio DSP, like algorithms. Like yeah. everything. Because it's going to be, that's basically what's going to be vintage in 30 years. Yeah. yeah exactly. Shoot. And another 10. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, like that, that, fast. that Pro Tools D-verb was, oh, was terrible. Like back in the day, I was I was like, I'll I will never use this reverb. But I, I pulled it up the other day and I was like, this is actually kind of cool. <laughs> Look, man, the the some of the stuff in Pro Tools, I remember uh the verify plugin. I love that plugin. Oh uh, nobody's done it right yet. No, yeah. Man, and Pro Tools tried something. Uh, I remember that heat. Yeah, I remember that. Heat. Oh man, it sounded so bad. Yeah, I hated that. <laughs> what's yeah. funny is that you say that with glee on your face, though. That was funny. <laughs> like, oh, Cause you, yeah, because you know me, Corey, bro, <laughs> Corey. You, you know, dude. Like, it's funny. Like the, uh, it's interesting because the other day, a client hit me up for a mix of something. Mm. And he was like, "Hey, can you send me the stems for this?" And I was like. Sorry, dude, I can't send you stems for it. And he's like, why? I'm like, because the stems are going to sound different than the two-track that I sent you because I mm -hmm. ran the whole entire thing through, like, Wolf Compressor and then through my SP404. I dropped the pitch, like, half a semitone. Yeah. So everything is, like, half a semitone out of tune. Mm -hmm. But that's the vibe that I'm looking for for the yeah. track. He's like, he's like, can you duplicate it in stems? I was like, no, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just it's just one of those things where like sometimes things sound really bad to some people, but to me it's just the all the vibe of what I'm looking for mm -hmm. for that stuff. And then if you take it away, then they understand why it was needed. Right. Yeah, well, so. I've definitely had similar situations where I've sold beats and then gave people multi track or stems, and then you you when you hear it after they so called mixed it and done whatever the hell they've done to it, it's like they removed all the vibe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I had that particular thing distorting on purpose or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I can't see Mad Lib sending stems to somebody and they come back sounding like a Brandy album. Yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I do even said before, like, yo, she's she gets two tracks from Mad Lib and then she had to send her record company on an almost one year wild goose chase trying to find <laughs> the sample because he don't even pay he he like i made that that day whatever that day was i don't know what that record was you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> nobody knows and then we got to go find it so hey it is what it is <laughs> oh that that's one thing that i was going to bring up i'm yeah. actually very happy that i haven't seen good hurts jump on the vinyl mm. uh on the vinyl bandwagon yeah it's a real bandwagon there's a bunch of free ones too well, it's because you guys, you know, you guys have a lot of lo-fi aesthetic, 
but I've never actually seen you market yourself as a lo-fi brand. And I and I find that really important because mm-hmm. you give yourself room to grow. You give yourself uh, p- different perception from different groups mm-hmm. of people that use your product. So I'm actually very happy that you guys haven't marketed yourselves is that, was that a, a intentional thing or is it just because I do think that sometimes people bandwagon on things like lo-fi just because it's popular right now. But I also think that people run the risk of blocking themselves in once lo-fi is not the, the, the hot trending thing. And it doesn't mean that the products, you know what I mean, won't be viable after that. So is that kind of sort of intentional? Uh It's probably not, to be honest. It's I think it's just who we are, like Rob and I, and Mm -hmm. kind of our personalities. Like Rob probably leans way more to the lo-fi. Like he he does his own beat making in Ableton and stuff. And then I'm kind of more on the mastering side, where you know I like masters that have vibe and sound cool. But sometimes, you know, I work on on some something with with a bunch of strings or like a soundtrack Mm -hmm. that needs to be clean. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just kind of who we are uh as a as people um yeah but it's hard because because certain people know us as like a super techie like there are a bunch of people in like the film world who use like we have these plugins pan pot and midside that are like that's kind of you know some some detailed stereo panning stuff it's not lo-fi at all um so we kind of you know Hopefully well, we, we hit everything. Well, well, <laughs> midside, I use it for vocal cancellation. Oh, cool! Yeah. So, so what I do is I'll I'll take it I'll take a record and take the drums out of it because they're in the center. Yep. Get rid of the drums and just sample everything else. Cool. Or boost the drums. Yep. You know, so pan pot is fire because I modulate that with LFOs and that turns into something else. Cool. Yeah. But it's one of those things where like. Your plugins have a vibe, and they can be used in the context of anything that you're making. Like the other day, I was working on a track that was kind of Radioheadish, you know, guitars with very saturated drums. Of course, Volf was on the drums, but Volf was also on the guitars, sure. gluing them together and giving them that wobbly, you know, that wobbly tape because they, they weren't recorded so dirty, so it was like kind of overdrive, but not too much. Mm-hmm. So I was able to put chorus on it and make them wobbly, cool. and the chorus came from Volf because that wet dry mix on Volf gives you an instant chorus. Yeah, I think that's the thing is that like with the wet dry or with any of our plugins, we usually have that like global slider at the bottom, so you can start out with a super vibey crunched sound and then just pull it back. Like I see a lot of a lot of people on mixes or or masters where it's like you know, maybe they're just using 5% Wolf on the, on the two bus. Mm-hmm. And like, that's enough to make a difference, but it's not enough to make your record sound lo-fi. So it's yeah. kind of, you know, yeah, I want to, I want to hit both where like we can do super lo-fi if you want it, but you can always scale it back in, yeah. in any of the plugins. Yeah. Really? It, yeah. You guys are great, man. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna buy all y'all stuff. Everything. Thanks so much, man. That's what's up. So yeah, Devin, I wanna um I wanna thank you for coming by. Yo, this is yeah, so a really much. dope conversation. I actually really love the fact that we get a chance to share with you what we think of 
your plugins as actual users of the plugins and and you know kind of congratulate you on kind of yep. building this brand and you know uh starting to reach your stride and having such a, a dope thing going for yourself man so i appreciate you taking time out to come on and you know i feel like i've uh introduced you to your biggest fan yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and, and- and we gotta get you on the beta testing list. Oh, man. dude, I'm on. Yeah. I'm already on. You don't even know it. I, I've okay. Been, uh, nah, I'm just messing with it. Um, no, but it's just one. Yeah, you guys. Uh, I I highly appreciate companies that like you that take risks. Cool. Um, because, pardon my French, but not a lot of companies have balls mm-hmm. to make things that they find true to themselves, yeah, not right. just things that are. Oh, people will definitely buy this, but stuff that's useful tools and creative tools right. that sound nostalgic, but also push future thinking. And that's one thing that Good Hurts is really uh, good at. <laughs> you know, cool. you know. So I'm yeah. I'm I'm a huge fan, and every now I tell everyone that I use them. I not the first couple years. Mm-hmm. Because I, I didn't, want, <laughs> I didn't want no one to steal my sauce. Yeah. But, well, well I, I'm, I'm a firm believer, D. Still, that you may have told people the plugins you use, but I think your book of tricks is massive. <laughs> oh, because, because I'm a weirdo. I'm also a weirdo, and that's just, you know, I've always okay. had to cook with what's in the fridge. You know. <laughs> no doubt. So, yo, I got. As we end this, I'm gonna end this with this. Well, first, thanks for coming by, Devin. Um, yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thank you thanks, so much, thanks Devin. for using our stuff. Thanks for talking about our stuff. You know, yeah. it'd be it'd be great to do some stuff with with you both of you. You know, D still, and uh, you know, if you ever want to do anything, um, like a yeah, giveaway right. or something, B boy. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. That would be sweet too. That'd be super dope. We got to set that up. Um, and so cool. I'm, we're going to start to get out of here. But I'm just going to tell y'all one more thing before we go, because I got stuff. That yes, I, gotta I know this about this. B-Boy Tech Excited. And some of you all may know, I don't know how many people actually know that, you know, uh, ModBat Modula is a, a, a company, a brand that I'm kind of creating and cultivating. And our first product is going to be announced on October 10th. And we've put a lot of love and a lot of development, a lot of back and forth. I think it's going to be some cool stuff. And so this will be the first of many. And so on the 10th, on 1010, we're going to do another show here where we're going to have some of the beta testers and some of the people that have been involved. And we're going to talk about it and premiere it. So be sure to uh, check that out. Um, And yeah, this has been. Uh, another exciting episode of Beat People Podcast is episode 77. My man Devin Kerr came through. We got D still. Uh, uh, he's here and giving tips and tricks on Good Hertz plugins. So thanks for stopping by. We'll do this again next time. All right. Peace. Peace.